There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, mm. pico de gallo, oh. purple cabbage, Yummy. and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Bowen Yang, when I opened up my eyes this morning, the very first thing I did was let out a squeal. You squealed. You phonated like an excited sound. At a high pitch, like a seal or something. I can hear it. I can hear it now. Uh, wow. Talk talk me through. Well, I've just been so excited because this is a moment. Well, first of all, we, sh- we should both say that we're both on her free seven day yes. course. And very much enjoying it. In fact, I recently, I was talking to a friend the other day and they were having an issue and I specifically used a tool excited. that I used from our guests um, exercises that was very helpful and she's told me that it was very helpful for her and we'll get into it because I am genuinely like yes, very inspired and like feel moved in the right direction by yes. seeking out this person's content outside of what she is best known for. Yes. Now here's actually the deal. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch Survivor, you may not be aware of our guests, but if you do watch Survivor, this is a legendary moment for this huge, podcast and huge. beyond. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And again, she was asking us if we, not, not. I wouldn't say fair weather viewers, but she was asking us to be watch every season, and we had to sort of level with her and be like, "Well, really, quarantine has accelerated us on the syllabus that is her seasons of Survivor, first and foremost, as like the as like the nucleus, and then we just sort of branch out into other ones, and then you know, it's 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 the honest truth, but it's impacted us in such a way. In that moment, we had to level with her. 
We had to say, look, have we watched every season every year? No, but has quarantine pushed me into so far into the fandom that it is a concern for those around me, including my loved one, Jared Frieder, my boyfriend? He said to me, he came over to the house um, about two weeks ago and we were watching, I think, Kagayan, the the Mm -hmm. incredible season. Incredible. And we finished the season and I was like, wow, that was amazing. And he was like, I don't think I can watch another episode. Like we've watched like 10, 15, a thousand in a row. And I said, okay, well then I don't think it's too late for you to go home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he had to go at that point because it's it's been so what's kept me together yeah during this quarantine i think everyone has these has little things like maybe people are doing creative creative outlets i find that i'm so busy outside of quarantine that i'm using this as a i found survivor and it was so like my north star mm-hmm. and i forgot what an incredible television show it was on every level, and I pointed out to you, and your journey has been one I've been very excited to watch. Yes, yes. All of it has revolved around our guests, um, I should say. And, um, you know, we, we kind of mourn that the, the journey is sort of at its end, we should say. It's, it's, it's been resolved. Uh, for her, but it's it's what is we'll talk about it. Well, it's truly there are moments that um are Shakespearean. You and I have talked about in every season. There's at least one scene that's like, how was that not a written dialogue? But there's, but I think my my favorite. Well, well, let's just bring her into this. We got to bring her in, and I, I I'm I have the credits, and then we will talk all things with our guests. Yeah. So. Like I said, widely considered to be one of the best Survivor contestants of all time. After placing Mm -hmm. sixth on Survivor Cook Island, she returned to Survivor Micronesia Fans vs. Favorites and won the title of Soul Survivor. And Mm -hmm. in the process of doing so, made iconic moves that are talked about to this day. Then a couple seasons later, came back with probably the biggest target on her back anyone's ever had and still managed to come in Mm -hmm. second. Arguably, we can argue that she should have won that season. I am in that camp. I'm sure she is as well, Uh but I'm sure she's made peace with it. Or I hope that she has. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss. And then she just competed in the recent iconic season, Winners at War, Huge. the Survivor's 40th season. Outside of that, she's an internationally renowned yoga teacher, life coach, motivational speaker, incredible human overall that we are so thrilled to have. And host and um, author of a children's book, Omni Otter. You can get yes. it at articulationbooks.com. Which mine is on the way. I actually bought the limited edition signed version. I'm going to buy the signed version for Ellie for my niece. Yes, and I'm giving it to Raymond, Jared's nephew. Oh, that's so sweet. After I read it, of course. Because I yes. feel, and I really want to talk about the book because I heard about the genesis of the book and I really want to d- dig into that. Yes, we will. And so will. much else. And so much else. So everyone, please welcome into your ears... <laughs> Parley Shallow! Hello. Hi, Parv. Oh my God, guys. I'm so <laughs> excited to talk to you. I feel like I just won an Academy Award by that introduction. Thank Honestly, you. Honestly, you are a bigger star to me than Julia Roberts herself. And that's, wow. he means that. I can and tell I feel that, that you are the Julia Roberts of Survivor in many ways. Yes. You know, we're both from Georgia, so that's cool. <gasps> so yeah. you, where, from, where in Georgia are you from? I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta. That's mm-hmm. not far from that's that's North Atlanta? No. Yeah, it's like thirty minutes north of Atlanta. Okay, got it, got it. So yeah. my sister's in Dunwoody, so I'm gonna send her on the otter in Dunwoody. And I it's gonna be it's that. gonna be a full circle thing. My God, what a great gift. I'd like yeah. to go and just knock on her door and read the story to her personally. Wow. Honestly, I think the Yang would be moved by that. Be very moved by that very one. Moved. I'm like I love the idea of the book. Can you talk a little bit about the book and like also, 
about what was the idea for how, how or how it came to be? Okay, so it's kind of funny because I had to leave my 10-month-old baby, yeah, little girl, to go back and play Survivor Season 40, which was Winners at War, which, as you mentioned, was an iconic season. All mm. 20 like of the greatest winners of all time come together to battle it out. So I'm like, oh, the FOMO is so real. If I don't go back, you I'm going to regret this for my whole life. Yeah. So I go back and voted out promptly at a swap mm. that did not go well for me. A mess. Oh. But it had nothing to do with you. Could it have been worse? It was so bad. It could have been worse, but I, I we can talk about this, but I we feel the deck was stacked against you and also the old school players, but just in terms of numbers and in terms of the personalities, like the Wendell of it all just sort of like irks me still to this day. <laughs> the Not Wendell of it all. The Wendell of it all. Okay. The Wendell anyway. of it all r- truly bothers us because I also thought Michelle could have been thrown a vote and Wendell, that was where you were supposed to come in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If he was really there for his girl ride or die. Let's right. talk about that. Anywho, <laughs> I was voted off. Yes. And then I had to go um, thrive on the edge of extinction. Mm. Which is just, it was like a zombie paradise. Really, like Tyson was a walking dead. Danny is just shriveling away. So everyone yeah, over there is she just... really had, she had, it looked like she had a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't go well for Danny either. And <laughs> Ethan, no. my dearest darling friend, Ethan, who survived cancer twice, is sitting mm. down next to me saying, this is worse than cancer. Oh, wow. my God. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Ethan, you... no. Oh, my God. But did you guys get at least one day in Ponderosa? Like, what was the deal there? Yeah, I mean, once the game is over, then you get I to think go. it's day 36, then they put us all in a speedboat and we speed over to Ponderosa and eat our faces off and drink right. lots of champagne. But before that, you're on the edge and like, sp- how bad is it? Because I feel like we see like, we we get cut twos of like, y- it you living like sort of like a very bad life there. But I don't think they get into like just how bad it is. It's like demoralizing already to get voted off. Yeah. yeah. So you feel like if you, it depends on how you were voted off. So my vote off wasn't a total blindside. I saw it coming. So it wasn't that big of a punch mm-hmm. in the face, mm-hmm. but it depends. So you get voted off. You already feel bad about yourself. And then you're on this island of other rejects who are, it's like loser island. You're in yeah. purgatory. Mm. And the, the food situation is so bleak. Yeah. Where we would have to walk over like slippery rocks where the tide would come up mm-hmm. and climb up a mountain and like a mountain of staircases and then all the way up to the highest peak and then you'd get this tiny portion of rice and then you have to bring it all the way back down over the slippery rocks and then you have to build a fire. So yeah. you have to gather your firewood, you have to yep. do everything that's required to start your fire and then you cook the rice. By the time you cook it, you're like fully emaciated already. Like you've already burned off all the calories you were going to get from that little handful of rice. And sometimes the tide would be up too high. So production would be like, "Mm, you can't go right now to go get your rice. Sorry. And so your SOL in terms of food, you just do not get it. Yeah. Which is why peanut butter factored in such a huge way this season. Yeah, it was hugely popular peanut butter um, on (laughs) the edge. It seemed to be the dish of choice. Manna from the gods. It was was crazy. Peanut butter is a huge success here on the edge. I mean, you guys have no idea. <laughs> and it, was, it looked it was chunky. Like, it was a chunky-ass peanut butter. It was so chunky. It was like Costco. It was like you went to yeah. Costco, you bought a peanut butter jar bigger than your head, and it was like heaven. It's like heaven on earth. Yeah. Because there's oh nothing to do there. And so the peanut butter situation became an extra layer of the game. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Another, it Where, was reward, basically. Oh, my, there was no reward challenges. There's right. no challenges on Edge of Extinction. There's nothing. You're just, it's like quarantine, but you're also starving. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And thank you for putting it into perspective. That was another thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you're there and Ethan is saying he's miserable. He's like, like, feels like he's like truly like going through it all over again. And it's like yes. messing with him. Yes. So I sit down and I talk to Ethan. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm there with my buddy. And I'm just like, are you going to pull the flag? Are you out of here? And he's like, I can't do it. I can't. Like, what would my community think? Like, yeah. I can't be a quitter. And I was like, all right, we're going to get your mind right. We're going to keep you positive. I invite him to do yoga with me. We're meditating every day. Just to have a momentary reprieve from the desolation of our present situation mm -hmm. and it was super helpful so when i got home i wanted to offer a gift to my daughter mm -hmm. for having been gone for over a month and a half and so i sat down and i write this story om the otter and it's really inspired by my time with ethan on the edge of extinction where it's like i'm basically embodying Om the Otter, where he's just this adorable, playful, fun little, you know, not to like say all these great things about myself, but I love Om is like hot. Om is like really like looking <laughs> stunning. Om is running down the beach. Like Om is an icon. Om is a, Om is a cultural icon. He's wearing his high top sneakers, <laughs> yeah. his, his crystal necklace. And he's like, <laughs> let me show you what's up. Yeah. <laughs> So he runs down and he sees his buddy Davu, who's a dingo from Down Under. Dingo. Of course. And that's Ethan. And, he's, and Davu's looking sad. And Ohm just pulls up next to Davu. And he's like, here, I'm going to share with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to mm -hmm. be present with you. I'm going to breathe with you. We're going to have a moment where you can start to let go of this you know, sadness or whatever you're feeling and start to become present with your own heart and start mm -hmm. to let your mind lift. And there's breathing techniques through the book. So it was just, it was fun to kind of work through that whole like edge experience with Ohm and Davu and then also bring it back for my daughter because she's outrageous. She's almost two years old and she does not <laughs> stop moving. She's She's training for a challenge constantly. She's <laughs> looking for adventure like her mom. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have my work cut out. For me with her so we sit together and she'll do the breathing techniques in the book that's so great right and i'm like oh this is really rad so i just want every other parent and family to have this experience with their kids yeah I, what i love the most and i thought about it like this morning as i woke up i was like oh i love the um the language around uh ohm helping a friend with difficult feelings not like good or bad not bad feelings or not feelings that are qualified by like shame or anything but just like feelings that are just hard like, like you have to sort of sort through and um label and figure out and it, and then but that's that just generalizes it in a way where it's like you can you can just do these exercises no matter what you're feeling and hopefully it gives you some reprieve yeah and i wanted to make it really clear that it's not the kid's responsibility to make it better for the other person right mm. so the ohm isn't trying to like make it better for davu he's simply sitting with him and being with him as davu has this hard difficult emotional experience and then Om offers him this um, golden egg which is basically like a like a magical kind of trinket where Davu can hold it and start to become more and more present with his own breath and his own sensations in his body so he can start to let go of those difficult feelings himself but it's not the kid's responsibility to make right. it better no. that, and that's actually really important I, I also love that it just really stresses this the power of being a good friend and being there physically or and emotionally with that person. And I just, that really resonated with me when I read what it was about, because 
I remember I had like a tough moment a few years ago where I had like an anxiety attack after getting off a plane and I was with a friend and I'll just never forget. We weren't like super close friends, but she just sat with me and breathed with me. And I'll never forget that experience of like someone just being there for me. And so I love that the book is going to instill that in really young kids because it's that that is a, such a formative time. So just that compassion being instilled. That was mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and people don't know what compassion means. No, they do not. (laughs) These days, girl, Girl. the children have forgotten compassion. (laughs) The adults have forgotten compassion. Yes, well, we we actually refer to all the adults as the children these days. The children is everybody. (laughs) I I have to ask you, like, because after becoming such a fan of you on the show and then finding, like, your content offline and now being influenced by you in this way it really feels like two different people sometimes like the parvity that they have created in the edit who is this you know winner of survivor who like used her wiles and like was cutthroat and like then got put on the villains tribe and still clawed her way alongside russell like you know what i mean and even controlled russell the biggest bad villain of all and then i had to wonder do you think that part of seeing yourself depicted that way what did that do to you like what's it like to watch yourself characterized on television like with the music underneath you and all that like what does that do what is, is there that? dissonance is like does it does it sort of like go against the the ways that you self-identify that is such a good question y'all going deep girl Ooh. this is last culturistas and we're happy to have you we want to ask all the questions <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah i mean it's it's really such an interesting question and you know, for most people, you go through your life, you don't have to rewatch yourself back and hear the criticism of how people really feel about you as they watch you and depicted as this character. So at the time in my life when I was on Cook Islands, Micronesia and Heroes Villains, I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. which was a huge, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like I was creating my identity at that yeah. time. Can confirm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who am I? I don't know. Yeah. Let me just try something and see (laughs) how it goes so I was like oh I'll just you know I'll use what I know which was flirting and I was working as a bartender and waitressing and I got tips through charming people and flirting that's how I made money so I just used that same exact thing on Survivor and they turned me into this like black widow diabolical like crush all the men rip their hearts out and and eat them alive and all those things and I watched and I was like oh is am I really that? So right. it was kind of an identity crisis for me where I was like, wait, do I even know who I am? I actually have no idea because I thought that I was a really like kind and generous and fun person. I mean, I know that I have certain talents in the male department at this point in my life but ultimately they will do what we say right you know (laughs) you know what i'm talking about Mm. so yeah it was a huge like moment for me of kind of an awakening that was like oh well is this who i want to be moving forward and is there some way to um, create more depth in my mm-hmm. life and right. how am I going to how am I going to do that and what's where is this going to lead me so it really woke me up to start act, asking a lot of questions of myself of if I keep going in this direction where do I end up and I didn't want to be like this alcoholic mm-hmm. real housewife who just like cared about my Louis Vuitton bags and it wasn't it's not me sure 
Yeah. So I had a I had a moment where I was like, I don't I didn't like the backlash that I was getting. I didn't like how they portrayed me as like just running people over and not caring, especially mm-hmm. guys. And I was like, I'm going to do something about this. So I just I got into yoga. I got into meditation. I started going to therapy. Guys, I mean, I've really been on a journey of self-discovery. I think yeah. Survivor put me on this path. I really feel that from from you. And so that's why I'm so happy and excited to talk to you about it, because I was really thinking about how even when so after you win Micronesia, you are now not only do you have like the image that they've created of you, but you're also well known as one of the best players of the game deservedly so i mean micronesia i think is like up there with some of the most masterful plays in terms of season long yeah the way you won was just so incredible so not only do you have the reputation for being good but you also have this reputation for being a character so when you go back to heroes versus villains did you find yourself sort of playing the character or did you find yourself playing the game how did that sort of negotiate I always go in to play the game first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I It's funny because I go out on the island and then I kind of forget that the cameras are around because I get mm. so absorbed into this game. Yeah. And at that point, I was reading The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Persuasion. I was like, I have to know all of these tactics in order to win this game because at that point in Survivor's history, it was all about social dynamics. It was more social, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot now. It's There's mm-hmm. more advantages and unexpected twists. So you Yeah, can't something really falls rely. out of the sky and it's like, this is a super idol, which is good for the rest of the game. <laughs> it's insane. You're like, what? <laughs> what is happening? What happened to people talking? Yeah, well, they've really fast-tracked it. Jeff Probst <laughs> is now the executive producer and he loves throwing... Throwing more twists and turns into the game. See how the contestants will handle it. Yeah. We we actually love Jeff Probst in this house. We respect and stand. But the fact of the matter is, like, I feel like what would have been fun for season 40 is if they had gone all the way back to basics. No idols. No nothing. But But you have a purist mindset, Matt. That's yeah. Yeah. Turns out the new school players wouldn't have done as well if that was the case. Sure. No. Well, I mean, I what I like about Survivor, I'm going to generalize, but for the most part, it seems like the the way it treats its players and the way it treats the people you see on screen, it it doesn't it leaves them with their dignity in a way. It's not like let's say this is not the best one to one comparison, but it's not like a bachelor bachelorette situation where it's like Mm. people are like abjectly humiliated in some in some way shape or form at some point like it feels like everybody on survivor and what i what i like about it tonally is that it's not it's not a show that's meant to embarrass anybody or bring them to their low to like to, to, to bring them down so low and so i feel like i don't know i just really respect the show for giving people an opportunity to just like evaluate the narrative that they see being produced of themselves and then being like okay well i can either accept that or i can um, balance it with what I know to be true within myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the thing is with Survivor too is you go in as a contestant, you have to, if you want to win, yeah. then you have to go in considering all the multiple layers of game that you're playing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you have your own, okay, so nature is one rival, basically. You have you're going to be pushed to your edge physically. You have no mm-hmm. food, very little food. Mm-hmm. You have like really gross well water that's so yucky and has a very distinct survivor flavor that Ugh. you, I hope, never have to taste. And then you're sleeping in the dirt. I mean, there was one scene where I had a spider on my head at night, which is like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have showed me that because I have to live with 
that forever. It's been invading my dreams. I know. So there's nature. (laughs) Then you also have like your own body. How does your body react Mm -hmm. when you don't have any food? Like, I don't know about you, but I get hangry. And other people don't think straight when they're pushed to the edge like that physically. And then in addition to that, you have the other contestants that you're playing with. So you never know. They always cast for people that are from totally different realms of life. So they want to have as much drama and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. conflict as possible without having Mm -hmm. to produce it or create it because they don't script anything. No, right. And then you have the challenges and the actual gameplay. And then you have the idols. And then you have Jeff Probst, who is either on your side or not on your side. And you can feel that as a contestant. You feel like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. You I know. think he loves you now, but in the in the, in the beginning, it, <gasps> he, he was like this girl's an archetype. Oh my gosh, you're so perceptive, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, he, let's say this. He's come a long way because I actually was really impressed with him calling himself out on the finale of uh, Winners at War because, and that whole discussion was yeah. really well worth having at this point. The Lucina discussion, I think, was like a beautiful encapsulation of like the progress that he's made, I think. Not progress. Well, I mean, the thing is, Survivor is very masculine dominant and Mm -hmm. it's so oriented to honor and celebrate the masculine in everyone, right? So the women that are given the most time on screen and in the game is the women who are CrossFit dominating, challenge-beast. Yeah. It's not like this soft... You know, Kim and I go back and we're like crying about our babies. They never show that. Wow. Kim Spradlin. We have to... Kim Spradlin. Give it up for Kim. Kim Spradlin. This is the thing. People <laughs> people actually overlook One World and they have to watch One World because A, Kim Spradlin is one of the best winners ever and B, that season is serving you comedy. You cannot <laughs> believe some of these people live in the world. Bowen, you haven't seen One World. I haven't seen One World yet. This young girl, Colton, that they have on the show... Oh, my word. <laughs> wow. You love a Colton. Anyone named a Colton. That's actually yeah. rule of culture number 75. You, you love, love a, a girl Colton. named Colton. Anyone named Colton. Anyone named Colton. Okay, but this is, this is. can I just say really quickly, and I, this was the scene that I was referencing earlier before we brought poverty on, but to go back to your point about it being this like male, masculine game. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this. My, my favorite moment one of my favorite moments in like all of TV, I want to say. I would agree. To be hyperbolic. It's so good. This is my uh, this is Micronesia, mm-hmm. season sixteen, episode eleven. You and James, come on, bibliography. Oh, come yeah, you and James. You know, impressive, right? James, the girl did the research. This 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 is this is the apple eating. Did you um, write that down or did? No, I just like I just like I just we're obs- indexed we're, we're, it. We're obsessed wow. with the show now. You know what I mean? Like it, we've just recently found it again, and so I think both Bowen and I have like a little bit of addictive personalities. So now I, I'm I'm being a completionist about it, yeah. and when he was watching that season, we were texting each other saying yeah. that exchange between you and James is so it it really boils it down to like that that dynamic of like James looking at you like I really expected better from you almost mm-hmm. and you being like, well, I don't understand why I can't play the game the same way that you can. And also it's funny that you wouldn't expect me to play the game as well as you. Yes. And it's the way that you are talking to like arguably one of the most physically capable players ever on the yeah. show um but then james it's, it's, is superhuman yeah it's wild you can tell you can tell yeah. but it's just it's just the, and this this is the thing that we're saying it's like you, this is out of like a madman episode it's like very that there's always going to be someone who, who, who bites the apple why can't you just leave the apple alone and enjoy the heavens yeah well hopefully you stay around hopefully 
Sorry. Be- sorry, because you because you wouldn't give me credit for having a plan anyways. Anyway. Like, <gasps> what yeah. a what an exchange. And then yeah. also then then how he is like you basically call that out and you're like, you think that I'm stupid. You think you, you have an assumption about me. That's not true. And then he's like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said you were selfish. It's like, well, you have to examine the whole way that you have. He, he got got. He got and got. I feel like he got got. <laughs> and also Ozzy got got. Oh, and Ozzy was and not the way that he spoke to got. you. Yeah. <laughs> What did it feel like the way he spoke to you at that tribal council? Oh, my God. It was brutal. And what you didn't see, what did not make the edit, is Ozzy stood up and asked me to do an interpretive dance. Yes, I heard about this. For how it felt to have been, to have betrayed a friend over greed. Was it a thing where he wanted to humiliate you? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. For he sure. He literally said dance for me. That's the, yeah. that's, that's, that was his, where he was at. No. Right. Well, and I think, honestly, it just, it does show the evolution of the game now that, because people didn't respect my game before, and it took a while for people to start to become fans of me and of how I played and how we'd gotten the women together and done some Mm -hmm. really incredible things that, you know, had never been done in the history of Survivor before, Mm -hmm. but we didn't get any credit. I certainly didn't have any accolades until probably years afterwards, where, like, the culture, I think, has shifted enough where women are now given, like, more respect for having intelligence and a strategic mind and really being willing to be brave and Mm -hmm. challenge the status quo and not have to bow down and play this nice girl role. So I'm glad if I helped kind of lay some bricks there because... I know girl power. We got to get up and take stands for ourselves. You really did. And also in the casting of heroes versus villains and how they put, put the tribes together. I'm like, this is so interesting to me that, and this, it's like weird weird to qualify people as that anyway, because survivor just in the inherent like tenants of the game, it's like, you have to be both of those things in different moments. And it's about that complexity in the gameplay. So they put you on the villains tribe Meanwhile, Amanda and Suri are put on the Heroes Tribe alongside some other people where I was like, is Candace a hero? (laughs) That's interesting to me. Never thought about it like that. (laughs) Actually, at this point. She mutinied on Cook Islands, made out with Adam. Like, Hello? No, not cute. But (laughs) (laughs) But here's what happened, too. In Survivor, they've... With casting, it's so funny because they have these themes. Like, they'll cast people, and then they'll be like, oh, well, we got to make a theme. Right, yeah. right, right. And so they just put this theme together, heroes versus villains. <laughs> so like, okay, now we have to make our cast fit this theme. How are we going to do that? So you can tell which, typically, you can tell which team or tribe you're going to be on based on the color that <laughs> yeah. you are allowed to have from wardrobe. So they, I, they made me get blue for everything, like blue, grays, whatever, like cool colors. Yeah. So I had that gray top. I had this like blue bikini and the night before the <gasps> game starts, they're like, I had a yellow bikini for press photos because you have to have two bikinis, one for press, one for the game. Yeah. So I'm wearing a yellow bikini for my press photos. They're like, you're going to need to wear your yellow bikini for the game. And I was like, oh, weird. They swapped huh. me and Candace the day before. Wow. They cool. put me on the villain's tribe. And you know why. It's because yeah, okay. they didn't want you working with your girls. Exactly. And I mean, there were four of us from Micronesia on that tribe. It was James, Amanda, and Serena. Yeah. I would and, have been there. That's right. not fair. Run the house. Natalie was also on deck, right, that season? Oh, yeah. She, Natalie she deserved yeah. better. She deserved better. She's really very crafty. So good. Yeah. I think if the story of the whole 
of Micronesia is like you in the way that you kind of like really put together that alliance and like from bringing Alexis and Natalie in and also with Suri and Amanda and just the expert way that you did that. I think that an underdog for like story of that season is the way that Natalie played because yep. oh, I yeah. think I think Natalie Bolton deserved more. And I I know that she was like on the island for Heroes versus Villains. She was. You're really going through the archives, girl. I'm I'm going here. deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, deep, deep, deep. So she was, deserved better. She was in Ponderosa, so the place that we hang out before the game starts, they call it Ponderosa, and so you're there for mm-hmm. probably three, four, five days kind of just not talking to anyone because mm-hmm. you're on a gag order because they're not filming anything. They don't want any interactions between people. So you're just sitting next to people, just giving them the side eye, like kind of checking them out. Natalie's sitting there drinking her coffee. <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, I hope she's playing. Yeah, She was an alternate. So fun. Yeah, she's so fun. She so she's fun. so fun to watch. Like She gives great confessionals and she makes big moves and is like, works great in teams. Like, fun to watch. Anyway. Such a babe. I had a and question a for this yeah. actually is a question my si- I asked my sister, who's also a huge fan. I was like, what do you want to ask Parvati? And she was like, she wants to know if there's a person that you've been, you've always been kind of like a, in a team. Like you've, you really do, like you have your alliance member and then you work in a team really well. Is there someone that you've worked with in the game of Survivor that's been your favorite person to work with? Oh, yeah, it was Amanda. For sure. She was the best. We love Amanda. Oh my God. It was like she and I could read each other's minds. Yeah. I didn't even have to say anything. She was like, got you. <gasps> I was like, how do you, how do you have, you can't even script a relationship like that. And no. we hadn't even met ever before the game. And it was just like instant chemistry, instant connection. She and I were like, day one, here's what we're doing. You're working Ozzy. I'm working James. We're going to pull in Suri. Here we go. Like, that's our game. Wow. And you hadn't even seen China at that point because it wasn't aired. It wasn't broadcast. Yeah, I don't think that China had even started airing. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we didn't, no I didn't know her yeah. or James. Right. But I was just like, this guy is pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. he's literally the hottest man alive. I, everyone that I tell to watch Survivor, the number one thing I get is we're part of nation. And the second thing I get is James is small girl. the hottest man in the world. <laughs> Literally, literally crazy. And he digs graves by hand still to this day. Wait, how does that work? He has a shovel and he just <laughs> digs graves in Louisiana. Wow. Still? His, yeah, it's his family business. And he has not like gotten into the technology of this century. So he's he's just so like an old school grave digger. When he first had a baby, <laughs> he sent me a picture of him with his baby and like his baby Bjorn digging a grave. Oh! With the baby in his pouch, I was like, baby oh my God, dangling stop. over, dangling <laughs> over a plot. Wow. Yeah. So, do you keep in touch with um, people from the show, or do they become your friends in real life? Like, you know, the relationships inside the game we see, but what happens after? Yeah, some people. I mean, Ozzy and I have certainly buried the hatchet. I saw him at the farmers market a couple weeks ago, and you did he's not. Fine. Yeah, we just chit chatted with our masks on, six feet apart. Wow, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Well, in LA, there's a lot of survivors running around, so you're going to bump totally. into a few. I mean, I married Probably. one, so I see one yeah, every day. Yeah. You married John Fincher, who was on Samoa. Oh my God, you know everything. I'm I, so I mean, impressed. I'm like a, the thing about the Survivor fandom, which I didn't realize until we started watching it was, and we would kind of go on Instagram and just like say our takes or whatever. The amount of Legion, Legion, it, the yeah. feedback that we got was like, yeah, woo. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's great. It's like a great vocal fan base, which is what you want out of anything. Oh yeah. It's perfect. Like I'm like, I don't mind. I'm like, okay, yeah, like people have their opinions. Like this is great. Like this is an active, whatever, like community of people. Well, I think what it is too, and you guys can tell me if this is your experience, but when you're sitting at home watching the show and you see people like get this opportunity, like there was an idol hanging from a tree. Mm-hmm. And the choice is do you take the idol? Or do you mm-hmm. think if this is a trick and walk away? Like, what would you do? And I think you can project yourself into yes. the the characters or the personalities that you're seeing on screen and yes. choose one archetype that fits you yeah, and be like, this is me. This is how I would be in this adventure. And there's you can sort of play the game through yeah. your favorite person. Wow. Yeah, that's that, definitely that's true. true. And then uh, I also think it's always just easy to see yourself doing the right thing because you're not starving on a beach. You're not like you haven't been privy to the edit of the episode. Like, right. So whenever anyone does something, quote unquote, dumb, I always try to take a step back and think like as someone who can appreciate the edited television series I'm watching, like they're starving. This And you might have done something even dumber in a way earlier episode and got voted out. I try not to like... like, That kind of self-awareness is what we really validate. (laughs) So would you give us your necklace, Matt? (laughs) Um, Literally, you I might. And that's just the honest truth. No, honestly, can can you even imagine? That was so insane. It was perfect, though. It was perfect. Like, the sequence of events leading up to that was perfect. And, like, the oral history of it all, like, that's on, like... Entertainment oh, Weekly, Dalton I think. Ross. Yeah. Yes, the Dalton yeah, Ross one. He's, yeah. he, he, amazing. He's, talk about a super fan. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. He's gone amazing. down for every season. He's covered every season as for Entertainment Weekly. And he does these massive write-ups and stories for like each episode. I'm like, do you ever sleep? How do you how do you They're do deserved that? though, because it's so layered and it's like the like the the gameplay is so like manifold and complex and it, it really is like 3D chess that everyone's playing. Because I think I don't know. I just, I just, I'm curious to know from you, what do you think, what's the quality that you think Survivor brings out in you anytime you're on the island? Is it, is it the social aspect? Is it you using your powers of persuasion to like try to tell people what to do? (laughs) It's really, um, I think it's the connection to nature and having a complete separation from any of your day-to-day responsibilities that puts me into this space of, I am like really deeply connected to my intuition Mm. So I can follow, it's like guidance just moves me. Mm-hmm. So I can follow that inner guidance. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I feel really awkward and uncomfortable about having this conversation with this person, like Wendell or whatever, then yeah. I have to do it. <gasps> I have to actually step up, put myself out of myself, risk mm-hmm. embarrassment, risk looking stupid and have this conversation that's awkward. Like that conversation that I had with James after I voted Ozzy yes. out. Like yep. I have to face the music and have those conversations. And that is what moves the game forward. Because right. it, like in real life, I, I don't love conflict and I do not want confrontation in my life. Yeah. So I'll just, you know, smile, walk away, like not interested. But on Survivor, I have to show up in a totally, in just a, braver way mm, yes where socially especially with those social dynamics i have to say the things that maybe i normally wouldn't say and i have to ask for things that normally would feel uncomfortable for me to ask for yeah so it's which yeah. is empower it's empowering it is ultimately. empowering and then watching how the how that moves me forward or moves the game forward i mean right. inevitably those conversations always make the edit 
And I'm yes. like, oh my gosh, I felt so awkward having that conversation. But yeah. look at how it showed up. It doesn't actually look awkward on right. screen. No. But no. it's just how I felt inside that it was. Wow. You know, I wanted to um, ask too. So, speaking of conflict, like you, I think without really knowing who Russell Hance was because you hadn't seen his season of Survivor, ended up in a extremely close alliance with Russell Hance in Heroes versus Villains, and then you find yourself sitting next to Russell Hance and Sandra Diaz Twine Queen at the end of the not the Queen. She She's would say Queen stays Queen. She's a Queen She's of a many. Queen. Um, we'll but, give it to her. We'll give it to her. She she deserves. But yeah. there you are, like, at the end of it, sitting next to Russell and Sandra and watching the way that they interacted and sort of you in the middle of it all. How, what was that experience like? You know, Sandra wins. Russell's there. He feels some type of way about it. You can tell that you're disappointed because I think that after watching the season, it's pretty clear that you, I think, deserve to win. But, like, there's lots of going on. What is that situation like navigating that? It's It's... It's just awkward. I'm sitting yeah. in the middle of these two. Sandra already won. Russell lost. No votes for Russell. And <laughs> it's over. It's and over. now they're going at each other. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you guys just can't stop. It's like the game never stops with those no. two ever. Yeah. And for me, it's like when I'm done with the game, I breathe the sigh of relief. I just like heavy sob and then I move on. I'm like, okay, time to see what's next in my life. But mm-hmm. I was just, I was over it by then. I'd gone yeah. through the experience of Heroes <laughs> Villains, which was hard enough, like really, yeah. really scarring and wounding and traumatic for me. Crazy. And then sitting in the finale where they're just like hands in my face. I was just like, oh, can I walk <laughs> away? Can I get out of here? I mean, and then Sandra, <laughs> that, the, the Bowen pointed out the other day, like Sandra will be in interviews like, I hate, I hate Russell. Russell. His wife hates him too because and his wife she's nice to him, him now, but it's it's all it's all an act. That's all a facade. I hate nobody Russell. likes him. Nobody likes Russell, and, and he thinks about me all the time, and I don't think about him ever, <laughs> except for now while I'm talking about yeah. him. <laughs> she is quite iconic, and that, yeah. you have to you have to hand it to the show because truly, all twenty winners, like you could argue about who should have been there, whatever. An iconic bunch. An it iconic was, bunch. It, I know. We're pretty, like, very distinct. Everyone's very distinct in their own unique way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how the f- interaction between everyone is, that's really where the magic happens. Truly great. Yeah. And I think that, like, me as, like, a, a like a, a real fan, like, I, of course, wanted to see it be, like, old school at the end. Like, I would have loved if at the end it was, like, you, Yule, Rob, Sandra. You know, that's, I think, what we all dream of. But ultimately, it didn't pan out that way. How do you feel watching it about the way it shook out with Tony winning and your own vote for Natalie and Michelle receiving no votes? Like, what's your take on the season yeah. now having seen it? Well, I would have loved to have been at the end with... All of those people as well, like me, Rob Tyson, oh, Tyson. Tyson, and Tyson, Tyson with hilarious. his baby girl. Oh my, oh my god. god! And you with your baby on that episode. Can't They're believe. They're just the best, and just so real. And like, yeah. don't really get caught up in the drama. It's kind of like, okay, we're just gonna be friends with whoever mm-hmm. we want to be friends with, and then moving on. But yeah, I loved how the season ended. I really, I really did. I feel so delighted to have been a part of season forty, even though I didn't do like as well as I typically tend to do in Survivor being at the end with Tony who is so wild and outrageous and truly like no one is making a spy nest in a tree (laughs) how are you doing this how are you even thinking about this it's like so freakish that you wouldn't even think to look for it and yet you're watching being like (laughs) Natalie look up look up he's in the tree it's like who the fuck 
Dude, you walk. Okay, as a contestant, it's like I'm thinking about what, how that would have been for me, like walking to the well and having a conversation with Sarah, and then just, would you feel this presence over Ugh. you, or would you just be so caught up in the conversation that you're having? Because there's the conversations you have are so intense. Yeah towards that point in the game that like it's all you can focus on so I don't know if I would have felt like the hair on the back of my neck standing up I'm telling you it's like sitting Perched over you over the branch about to fall yeah. and the fact that he took a torch like he made a torch and midnight goes out hunting for an idol like if he found an idol come on come on you're not even a human being Who yeah. I was you? like there's no way and that I was watching it and I was like if he finds it right now I'm gonna start to think this shit is fixed because yeah. you, it's it is the pitch black dark of night you it's can't pitch black you can't see a single thing and no. also there's a lot of crazy sounds happening in the jungle at that point there's like scurrying there's squawking I mean you don't know what you're gonna put your hand in no. in the middle of the night it's gonna it's be a hard no from me actually on that one hard no <laughs> and here I am saying, I like, I tell Bowen, I tell Bowen the other day, I was like, I think I have to go on. I was yeah. like, I think I must go on. And I, I think I want to go on. I oh think you should go, go on. on. But listen, mm. you have a real shot. You're a super fan. You can pull out trivia like any super fan that I've seen. Jeff loves that. So that's what you really want to <laughs> lead with in your mm. interview. Okay. And then also just be like, oh, I'm so dynamic. Everyone loves me. Look at how great I am. Like, you love me. Like, you can't stop thinking about me. Just you, you gotta the really man, play that the up. The man would not be able to get me off his mind. Never. I know <laughs> There's not a chance in, in hell. He doesn't brain. stand a chance. I, 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 that, that, that nerd. Anyway. I'll do that whatever I can. Um, wait, okay, so we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna ask Parvati the question. The and question. that's a capital T, capital Q. Oh my God. Great. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted, 
take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com. Forward slash culturistas. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Hey, I'm Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas. And I'm Bowen Yang. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia and Intuit QuickBooks. And we're back. So let's ask Parvati the question. Uh, And that question is... Parvati, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? Matt, what does that question mean? So basically, this is like when you were coming of age, becoming Parv, this was the culture that entered your life and you said, oh, wow, I feel moved to to become myself. Maybe you didn't know it at the time, but you can find it now. Oh, my gosh. I am feeling this question so Mm. much. Yes. Okay, so I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I grew up in a commune, basically like a Hindu spiritual community in Florida. And it was yogic. We chanted. We ate vegetarian food. And then when I turned nine years old, we packed up my mom's silver Chevy Spectrum. Come on. And we drove up to Georgia and we moved to the inner city of GA. And from there, I was like... All my friends were black or brown. Uh And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. Uh All these new people with all these new like tastes and experience and food and sounds. And I was so curious about it. Mm -hmm. So I got into, really got into R&B in a Uh major way. Tony Braxton, SWV, En Vogue, Mariah Carey. Uh, wow, Whitney this Houston. is so huge. This is Come this on. is a huge deal. Huge deal. You're talking to a full <laughs> lamb right here, and also like I am, I am in the lamely, and like, what what's your favorite Mariah album? My favorite Mariah album. It was the one that was like Honey. It was Butterfly. The one that, Butterfly. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean the like, old school, the best. Love it every day of my life, and I was so torn. I was like, who do I love more, Whitney or Mariah? Whitney or Mariah? And they would in the radio stations they would have those battles between the yes, two. And I was like, yes. I want to dance with somebody. Like, how do you top that? I mean. Can you even beat that? That's one of the best songs of all time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and also you mentioned Tony Braxton, who I I, oh. I feel the children have forgotten Tony. The children have but forgotten please. Tony. The fact Never. of the matter is, Tony, you know, that is an iconic voice, a once in a lifetime. That, that sound 
straight butter. Butter, yeah. you can't really replicate it. I mean, you can mm-hmm. replicate it, but it's like you would immediately think Tony Braxton if it was that low, that velvety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's that's a throwback to Tony. Can you do and so, Can you do an impression? Don't let me in all this pain. <laughs> and the, well, the thing about her is you don't think that she, because she comes at you like, with the, the all of this yeah. and then like she also has range oh like she's see. belting her ass off at I'm the end of unbreak my belt. heart yeah and i was like if i could only be like these women mm. like just belt it out and really yeah. like take a stand and like be sexy and strong and sensual and a total badass that is what formed my identity it was like sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade r&b those ladies and like the groups like swv do you remember mm, that swv and week? you know that taj from swv was cast on survivor and i just lost my mind i was like what no oh my god <laughs> which season her. i honestly don't remember you guys are probably better she played she played yes, yes. look it up Tara i didn't George. know this wait why well, don't i know this either that's crazy yeah get into it matt wait, wait matt you have to listen to swv you, you have to sisters have with to, voices sisters with voices see i seen and yes now it's all i think i didn't know the abreve I get so weak at the knees. Oh, that's a jam. See, that's so, it's so fascinating that that you say that, like, because I did feel like that, that like time in the mid 90s, Mm -hmm. like when Mm -hmm. it really hit its good. Oh, we were Mm. eating eating well. It was not the edge of extinction in terms Um, of rich musical culture. You could say it was quite the opposite, in fact. Peanut butter. Peanut it butter. was chunky peanut butter and rich <laughs> as well. But honestly, like when Mariah like found when Mariah like truly the chrysalis opened and Mariah became the butterfly. The butterfly. Yes. There are some tracks on butterfly album like The Roof, like Breakdown. Stop. Like there are there's so much like good, rich, good stuff. And it's true. Like that was the point in time when R&B music was truly, I think, like running everything brandy too gets right, brandy you're brandy. like this is what life is about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because yes. it was true storytelling and you're now like, I'm learning so much yes though <laughs> and <laughs> right. I, honestly, yes though yes though <laughs> but there is like also like i remember like when christina aguilera came out too oh, i was like see on. this is this is the clear choice for me the if, if, we're, if we're being like, come on yes, yes dirty I remember Gonna just damn it. Yeah, um, we we all wanted to. We we all saw ourselves in our mind's eye as that. Yeah. But what about the Mandy Moore situation when she came out? She came out around the same time. It was Mandy Moore, Brittany, Christina. Yes, and then we had Jessica in a distant fourth. That's right. <laughs> so Mandy so Mandy's so interesting because I feel like she like took a hard left on her third album, which do we think that's too early? Because it was because because no third album was when she just did pure covers. She yeah, did like was, I feel the she did like Carol King covers and she did yeah. like um you know Spanish Harlem no uh, Mona Lisa's in Manhattan's by Elton John like she was going she was like basically turning into a 40-year-old white woman by the time she was like 27. <laughs> I feel yeah. like a girl. <laughs> you know, which we which we love now, which we relate to, but back then like as like an 8th grader I was like what is she doing? Yeah, I was yeah. like is, is this is not pop star. Yeah, this not down with that. No. no. But she she actually um like Candy, there's some vocal moments on that. Oh yeah. Big deal. 
Candy, you. that was high school for me, though. So that was a little bit after my formative years with the R&B moment. Right, oh, right, yeah, right. Got it, got it. And also, it's that. like once you've been once you've been in middle school enjoying the R&B moment, Come Mandy on. Moore, is, Mandy Moore isn't impressing you with like. I'm so addicted to the love and that you feel so Yeah, yes. I but I will say my the gag of her whole discography for me is cry. Well, walk any, to remember. Well, I was gonna say anything from a walk to remember, but also I wanna be with you. Oh, There's nothing to say. say. Love, oh, love. Very good. Very All the good. feels with that one. And the way that it starts where she goes, she goes, I ain't sure I, but I just can't see it. It's just such a weird fucking song. And weird. You're like, what is this? It's crazy. It's crazy. Amanda Moore. Amanda. No. Amanda. Amanda Lee. Now she's Amanda a real Lee. silver screen goddess. Yeah. I she's mean, really transformed. Raking in the dough, as they would say, being the lead actress on This Is Us. Good for her. Wait, can we ask about your parents, because I love the I, I love I love the anecdote of um, in Micronesia, you holding up your arm for six hours, using mantra. Yeah, a mantra that your that your dad gave you. Mm-hmm. And like, was he was he just kind of like sourcing you with like certain things in terms of like being able to spiritually psychically like connect all all the dots in your head like while you were playing Survivor or like what, like like talk about like how they kind of not influenced your gameplay but like what they sort of gave you the tools. Yeah. Did they my give tool you the bag. My yeah, tool yeah, bag. Yeah. What's the my old tool bag. bag. Oh, daddy's tool bag. Yes. <laughs> know about we, know, that? we know that story. <laughs> Dads, they famously have tools. It's actually a rule of culture number 103. Dads, Dads they, they famously, famously have, have tools. tools. I really wanted to join you guys on that one. But oh, feel free. Feel free to join time. us at any time. It's actually, it actually reinforces the rule of culture even more when the guest yes. joins in. Yes. So yes. many tools. Yes. Uh, okay, so yes, my dad, the, the first time I played in Cook Islands, my dad was so fired up about this because he loves camping. He's from the woods in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Like They used to play games when he was younger where they would get a bow and arrow and shoot it up in the sky and like dodge it. That was his childhood game that he played oh with Oh my friend. god, that is such like a like fill in the blank like dad used to play this so be happy with your video game like when I was a kid we used to shoot a bow and arrow in the sky and if it fell down it would kill you if you could get out of the way. So uh he was I'm sorry like, I can't charge your game boy right now while we're in the car. <laughs> okay, so anyway, when I get when I get cast on season 13 Micronesia, I mean Cook Islands my dad's like pumped this is his childhood dream come true yeah Yeah. and he is going to live vicariously through me as Uh. i throw myself into this adventure so he calls me he's like you got to come home we got to train he sets up this um archery set in the backyard (gasps) with like a hay barrel i mean he lives in the suburbs of georgia i don't know where he got this (laughs) hair hay barrel but he got it and so he set that up we're doing fire making with flints and a machete the whole works and wow. he's just like trying to teach me how to whittle sticks and like build a shelter he's like here's an a-frame this is how you build an a-frame wow. like, this is the best to like guard you from the wind and i was just like okay dad here we go so then when i went back for micronesia i mean he realized like survival okay nature i got it handled he taught me all of that the last time so mm-hmm. this time i just remember we were just sitting at the dinner table and my dad was like, oh, hey, you know, just just like off the cuff. Hey, if you uh, ever, you know, need need some help out there, you should try out this mantra. It's Om Mani Padme Hum. I used to chant it a lot when I was in New York City. My, my dad's lived multiple lifetimes in his yeah. one lifetime. He was a yogi in New York City who would just meditate like six, seven hours a day. And he was part of this like 
spiritual group there. And he's like, Om Mani Padme Hum. It means the strength of the universe is inside of me. Mm-hmm. So you chant that whenever you need it. And it just like, it was like a nothing. And then we moved on to whatever else wow. we were talking about. And I remember in that challenge, I, pu- I was holding my arm up and probably in the first five minutes, I'm starting to feel the fire, the numbing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. this, this is going to be challenging. And I knew I had to win that challenge. You really did. In yeah. order to pull off the whole blind side of Aussie. So I was like, all right, no one else. Everyone's stepping down for peanut butter and yeah. cookies and milk and chocolate. And I'm like... I have to win this. And Jason would not get down because he thinks we're going to vote him out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's tough. I mean, he was a good challenge competitor. So I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm like, oh, it was just my dad's. It just popped into my head. Oh, money, pod me hum. And I was, I was like praying. I was honestly asking for assistance. I was like, okay, God, like, can you help me? Like universe, goddess, like divine creative power uh-huh. please help someone me give me some, someone a- anyone that's anyone there please that's like are you listening to me god like i need your help to keep my arm up i don't know if i can do this and all of a sudden that that mantra popped into my head i start repeating it in my mind and i can feel the power of the universe expanding inside of me and i'm like oh if i'm the universe i am gonna hold my arm up forever forever yes yeah there's no so you did you leave your body I left my body. I don't remember so much of that challenge. Wow. I remember seeing a butterfly and then like the challenge was over. Wow. And it I was six, out. six hours that you held your arm up. Yeah, it was it was a little over six hours. And you know what happened after that was Jeff and the um, art department and challenge department was like, we're never going to have production do this challenge like this ever again because they don't want to sit there and film no. for six hours. Right. Yeah. So they make it harder and harder every time they make the post that you have to stand on skinnier, like the balance. Right. Part you can harder. tell that he's like, OK, today we're going to uh, flip a coin. That's going to be heads or tails. <laughs> and uh, if you had get heads, you get to do the puzzle. <laughs> right. Because we got to go. So those yeah. long. It's the end of an era with the long, yeah. grueling endurance challenge, which is a bummer because I love those. I mean, I'm so good at them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you really did transcend. And then, I mean, is that something that you end up wanting to engage with like throughout your life? Like, I don't like, like you have to be pretty selective with the moments in your life where you want to like fully leave your body. Oh I my gosh, say. stop. No, it's one of my favorite things to do. Really? Yes. How often do you do it now? I, so I practice Kundalini yoga, which is a style of yoga that is really makes you high basically it builds the strength of your nervous system and helps you to be able to adapt and handle stress really like helps you expand your awareness so you can just do more things in your life yeah and so i really love this style of yoga but it's it's weird and you have to do weird stuff like hold your arms up for x amount of minutes and do this certain type of breathing and it's just like you expand out of your body like the edges of your body are totally gone you don't even know where you come and where you go anymore mm. you turn into a pink cloud of love i've done that before i mean <gasps> so, yeah like, i'm just giving away all my like goods to you guys but i go to um i go to this kundalini yoga festival in new mexico and they do this every year around the summer solstice and i will do three days of this thing called white tantric meditation where you're sitting cross-legged in front of your partner and there's thousands of people. Everyone's wearing white. Everyone's got a turban on. So you look like a total whack job. Some people are wearing crystal headgear that they've made homemade themselves. Beautiful. It looks crazy. But the experience that I have is transcendent. Like, I love it. And (gasps) there's no... When I'm done with that meditation, 
the colors in the world are so beautiful. Are you kidding? Like people explain. I've never done LSD. I've never done acid. I've never done like hallucinogens. Really, it bad. sounds like acid. It's that's what people. Yeah. I mean, literally, as as people that like that. Yeah, it sounds like that's yeah. what you are saying. I was gonna ask you if you've if you've done that. No, I think you guys would love it. We'll get you okay. into the Kundalini Yoga Festival. We can do the podcast from there. And so you're also. saying yes, we can yes. get the same thing we get from LSD, except we don't have to <laughs> drastically change our body chemistry with drugs. <laughs> you don't. You actually change your body chemistry by doing this kind of meditation. Yes. Wow. There's some kind of like hormonal changes that happen. I don't, I'm not like a neuroscientist, so I can't tell Uh you what exactly goes on when you do this, but they do, they've done a lot of studies Mm -hmm. about this specific style of meditation and yoga and the brain changes when you do it. And it's like helps you to have a more, a broader perspective so that you can live your life with and like have a connected experience with your own inner divinity your own mm. creative you know wisdom the life yes. force that thro- flows through you and guides you to the best you know best life possible for you that is unbelievable did i just play are you guys like hi right now just i uh, yes i know i'm a little like i'm listening to you and i'm soothed to be oh. honest i always talk myself out of um well many things but like like with meditation I had an ex-boyfriend that got really into it after we broke up. And I was just thinking to myself, like, oh, God, was that me? Did I, like, cause him to go nuts? But he <laughs> – but because I, I – it was just so not a part of my culture. Like, I'm, like, from, like, a working-class family on Long Island, like, where it was just kind of, like, the emotions of it all kind of got, like, swept, swept under the rug a little bit. And I didn't really become, like, emotionally in touch with myself until my 20s. And so this was the first experience I had being close with someone who got really into meditation. But he – it was such a positive change for him. And I, I tr- would try to do it. And I find that um, this is probably just a beginner thing that people tell you all the time, but my mind would just race and I could feel like I could never get calm enough to a place where I would let it work for me. And so I've just never really committed to it. Do you have any advice for people who it's probably most difficult in the beginning, but want to push past that because they want this to work for them? Yeah, totally. And that's a that is such a common experience for new meditators. I mean, it's just like you have all of these patterns and habits in your mind of thinking and you haven't ever tried to change them or really look at them before. They're just kind of operating in you. So it's it's a natural thing to sit down and just be totally wired. Mm-hmm. So what I would encourage you to do is two things. One, Get some like physical activity before you try to sit down, mm-hmm. which is the this real purpose of yoga is to prepare the body for meditation. So your people are doing this more strenuous vinyasa flow yoga classes or kundalini yoga classes so that they can calm the body down or tire the body out enough that you can have a little more spaciousness in the mind and have a little more relaxation in your mind because the body and the mind are intimately connected, right? Mm. The body speaks in the language of feelings. The mind speaks in the language of thoughts. They're just trying to get your attention. So when you sit down, what you want to do is have a little more relaxation in the body and then start to get some understanding of what you're doing in meditation. It's like, you want to know, like if you're beginning to be a painter, you can just go to the store and buy some paints and buy a canvas and just start doing it. And it might be good or it might be horrible, but if you have instruction or if you have like if you've gone through some YouTube videos and learned about like some painting basics, then you're just more prepared to sit mm-hmm. there and be OK with yourself being a beginner and messing up and trying over again. 
So meditation is similar to that where it's like just learn a little bit about what it is, what you're trying to do. Because what you're really trying to do is calm down, like activate the prefrontal cortex, which is your um, it's your CEO in your brain, basically. Right. It's your decision mm-hmm. maker. It's mm-hmm. the the like it's the thinking part of the brain, the executive functioning. You want to activate that, but you want to close down all your other senses. So mm-hmm. you want to close your eyes, you want to draw all your attention inward, and you want to focus all of your attention here at the front of the forehead. So like the third eye area, that like midbrain area. And as you do that, these other parts of your brain, like the reptilian brain that's responsible for habits and survival, all those things, starts to calm down. The limbic brain, which is emotion, starts to calm down, starts to get quiet. And really, Mm -hmm. so then only what's really online and what's active is this prefrontal lobe, which is where you can start to have some more deeper awareness about yourself. Mm. Like, what is this? What is causing this negative consequence in my life? Like, right. I have I I don't know what's going on, but my relationship is not going well. I wonder mm-hmm. why that's happening. How am I somehow creating this situation, co-creating this situation in my relationship? You can start to ask yourself questions like that to develop some more awareness of how you are ultimately responsible for creating your own reality. Right. Yeah. So it really puts you in the power seat of your life doing that. So then yeah. you can actually make different decisions and choices and, and actually change your life for the better. You're very good at just breaking this down in a very clear way because I've, I've always like wondered like how to verbalize this and that like it makes complete sense to me. And I was watching one of your YouTube videos the other day when you were talking, I referenced this before, but when you were talking about scarcity mindset, even just like, um, which is the fixation on what you don't have and how that's ultimately not productive right. um, and how that's a choice to feel that way actually. And it's, it's, not necessarily easy to to stop thinking that way, but it's and I when you can identify that you can un- identify why you're in a like toxic holding pattern or you're focusing on negative stuff. Yeah, it's this false sense of we think we can change the thing that we're obsessed over by obsessing over it, and it's like right. actually it's a trap. But that just feeds it more. Yeah, yeah it totally. Feeds the obsession more. And in quarantine, I think that a lot of us are having a lot of problems with that because we're just sitting around and with not much to do and a lot of a ton of uncertainty. And that of course, like is a breeding ground for being alone with ourselves. It's so funny when people say right now we're quote unquote alone, because I think we're not really alone because we're with the thousands of voices in our heads. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) So how have, how have you been dealing with the quarantine of it all? Have you found yourself like coping with a lot of this stuff or do you feel prepared for this? Or I'm wondering where your head is at. Yeah, honestly, it's been super helpful for me Mm. because what I've recognized through this quarantine experience is how fast I was moving Mm. and how I was trying to keep up. Like I had this external pressure on myself to keep up. And it wasn't like I was trying to keep up with other people or compete with other people. It was more like myself. Like I was putting all this pressure to keep up with myself and like make all these commitments and say yes to all this stuff and go, go, go and figure out childcare and do the best thing with my baby and be the best mom and be the best everything, literally everything. And when this quarantine hit, I was like, oh, I'm doing that to myself. Mm. And it's so stressful to live that way. Right. And so it just gave me a sigh of relief, honestly, to not have to put on clothes and go to a social engagement and like right. make sure that my child was getting like puzzles or whatever, like brain stimulation. I was like, you know what? She's going to be fine. She's, She's actually be fine. okay. Yeah. yeah. 
She's like eating, she's spilling a huge tub of popcorn in my living room, literally eating popcorn off the rug. Fine. She is we fine. All, didn't we all do that as kids? I anyway? do that to, the, I do this, uh, do that once a week. Um, <laughs> no, that's great though, part because, because, because the other, um, the corollary, I guess, to the scarcity mindset um, lesson, I would say, is that uh, it's, it's slightly more productive to imagine how you would feel if you had the thing and right. behave and let that affect and inform the behavior from, from, from that place instead of constantly fixating on the lack. Yeah. So it can shift you out of this hamster wheel. That's why I was comparing it to, because it's like, if we think we're missing something, like say on the edge of extinction, we don't have food. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you start obsessing, like survivor people talk about food all the time time production will just sit there and start throwing rocks at each other because they're so (laughs) bored because we're talking about (laughs) s'mores and like pancakes again (laughs) (laughs) we just get obsessed about the thing that we're missing and this happens in every aspect of life like time money relationships jobs you obsess Mm -hmm. over the thing that you you think you're missing and you think oh if i just go faster if i try harder then i'll get the thing that i'm missing but just for the mere fact that you're thinking in terms of what you're missing yeah. means you're going to get more of what you're missing. Mm-hmm. It's like focusing on what you don't want. If you're paying attention to what you don't want, you're like, I don't want to be single. And that's all you think about. You are going to be single for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry yeah. to say. So you have to shift over into what would it feel like to be in a relationship like mm-hmm. with someone who I really loved and cared about and what would we be doing together and how would we be interacting and what would we be, how would we be spending our time? What would we be saying to each other? Right. So I like did this at one point in my life. I did. I wanted a relationship. And so I realized that the choices I was making at the time were not going to lead me towards a healthy relationship. So love I, that. Love a good, <laughs> uh, love a good unhealthy period. We stab. Yeah. Cold turkey cut my man addiction and just stopped. And I was like, all right, 40 days. I am going on a man cleanse. I am not dating. I am not flirting, which was very hard for me. I am not perusing the aisles of Whole Foods looking for hot guys. I am... On a break. That's where you get them. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You want to get them? They're at Whole Foods. I'm they're not at Gelson's. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Gelson's is toe up. No. That is a care of his body. Organic, non GMO. That's okay. That's actually rule. Yeah. The Gelson's rule is that's rule of culture number 92. Gelson's, Gelson's toe, toe up. up. Yes. Toe up is actually one of the phrases that I love the most. Like it, have you seen Clueless? Clearly, of course. So the scene with Dion, where where um they're they're like playing tennis, and uh, Brittany Murphy, the goddess, um comes in and she's like not looking great. <laughs> Cher's like, oh my god, that's her new project. And Dion goes, Cher, she is toe, toe up. up. Our stock <laughs> would plummet. Would plummet. Yeah. <laughs> Just the best Very script good. of all time. But Toe Up is needs to come back. Okay, anyway, so you're, yes. you're in a man cleanse. You brought it right back. You just did that. Um, yeah, so I'm on a man cleanse. So while I'm doing this, I'm like, I commit to forty a 40-day 40 period yeah. of stopping the obsession. Mm. So this is really helpful for those of you who have been fixating on things. Commit yep. to a period of time, 30, 40 days. 40 days is good because that's enough time to give your brain a chance to establish a new habit. Yes. So 40 days, commit. Mm-hmm. And then you decide, what is it? What's my purpose here? What am I trying to do? For me, I wanted to create a relationship with someone who could eventually lead towards marriage and a family. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I knew in my bones I wanted to have a baby. I yes. knew, oh, I wanted that so bad. So I did this. I committed. Uh-huh. I had my intention. I want to create a, a relationship that leads towards marriage. Then I start journaling about it. I'm like, okay, well, what do I want this guy to look like? 
What do I want to feel like inside of this relationship? What do I want us to be doing? Like, I wanted someone who was adventurous, who was athletic, who liked being outdoors and like doing fun things and musical and sporty and you wanted cultural. someone who was like a survivor contestant yeah like a, like a really <laughs> handsome rocket scientist who spoke he's a rocket languages. scientist bowen yeah. i know i know this i know this yeah and, and, and hot as literal and a, hell and a gorgeous man he's pretty cute <laughs> <laughs> so you journal so you journal so i journal about it and literally okay so as I'm going through this process for myself, I have I'm tested. I'm tested, guys. Girl. Yes. Okay. A couple of guys pop up in my field and I'm like, oh, that would be fun to engage with. Yeah, that's gonna happen to you if you make this commitment. Just know you will be. When tested. it rains. Yeah. It, it pours. <laughs> so that's happening. I have to keep bringing myself back to my intention, to my commitment, to clear the obsession. Yep. And I'm journaling. And at night I'm going to bed. And I'm imagining, I'm like feeling my head laying on this guy's chest. I am mm. like feeling what it would feel like to have this guy in bed with me, like laying there, being together. And I swear, I have this like moment where I close my eyes and I see in my mind this blue flame in outer space and this pink flame in outer space. And they're like dancing independently. And then they come together and it's this bonfire and then they separate and they dance independently. I swear you guys, I can't make this stuff up. And this as we know in the game of Survivor, fire is life. Fire, fire is, life. is life. Fire is family. <laughs> Front runner oh. for title of that, fire is family. Fire is fire family. Is Hashtag. Uh, Hashtag. Yeah, after. so then literally a week after I'm done with this 40 day cleanse, I meet John from Survivor Samoa. We are in a carpool. At a soccer game. No. Yeah. On the way to a soccer game. He slides. I slide in next to him in the backseat. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We've met before, like once. And it was nothing. And then this time I was like in a whole different headspace because, mm -hmm. you know, I did my thing. And I was so into him. Like yeah. from right away. He was like so comfortable. And I just wanted to like lay my head on his shoulder. And I was like, don't do it, Barb. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny you say that. Like I, I, out of nowhere, I knew what I wanted to be with my boyfriend when I found myself like without even thinking, just kind of going like yes. that. And I was like, oh. what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> Laying your head. Oh, that's the best. So yeah. Sweet. So then we were, and then we were dating ever since. So it's manifestation wow. 101. That's Honestly, beautiful. I'm going to, I'm literally going to do this. Do it. 40 days, no. I mean, at this point, I mean, with quarantine, it's just no apps. But like, that's 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 already a huge mm -hmm. shift. It's a huge lurch into committing to this and committing to knowing what I want. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's also this thing now where it's like, I mean, all we're talking about now is like missing human interaction and among other things, obviously. But it's like, okay, but the more I think about not interacting with humans, does that create, does that set me up for just missing it even more or just obsessing over the lack of that. Well, I'll tell you how you can tell. Do you want to know? Yes. We want to know. When deeply. you're obsessing about something, just notice how it makes you feel. When you're thinking about, oh, I'm missing interaction. I'm missing humans. Does it make you feel like empowered and inspired? No, of course not. What does it make you feel like? It makes me feel sad and um, miserable. And like, I mean, stress, if you want to define it as like being uncertain about the future, like that's all that, that's all that is. It's pure stress. Yeah. So pure from stress. that place, you're going to keep creating more of that. Mm -hmm. So you have to shift your body into a state of more like openness, feeling good, feeling more alive, feeling more joyful. That's how you can create from that place. So you notice like when you're obsessing over something and it doesn't make you feel good, it makes you feel crappy, then that's a great signal. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's like great information. There's no judgment around any of this, whatever. It's just great information for you to notice. Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. 
Mm-hmm. I'm creating mm-hmm. more of this crap that I don't want. Mm-hmm. So then you can wow. empower yourself to move out of that. I love it. Oh my and then God, that's wow. when you hold your arm up for six hours and you're like, I'm amazing. Ah! Oh, money pod may hum. <laughs> you win immunity in life. And you yeah. win immunity in life. Survivor that, is life. You guys that, are learning that. I'm Well, the, literally, <laughs> yes. I mean, like it literally has, it's like, I mean, when I when I got into the Housewives, I was like, not much as positive is coming from this, but at least it is like it's showing people who are like, you know, fully engaging with their lives. And like, even if it is conflict driven, like at least they're saying the way they feel. And that is something positive that I got from it with Survivor. It's like there. I I think the positive thing that I get from it is just like understanding people and the way that they act and thinking to myself, like this is how people act when they feel that they're acting in their own best interest. And it's just very interesting as like a social, we talked on our last episode about how like, it's a very interesting microcosm of the world, Survivor. And it's a Rorschach test. It's a Rorschach test for people. They see what they want to see. Oh, yeah. Well, don't we all? And that was the thing with Natalie. That's the reason why she didn't win. Mm It's because she just, she didn't give enough. She was like kind of hoarding her coins. And and, like, I still voted for her because I just think what she did was totally epic, being able to be voted first. Such a good story. Come back and disrupt in the way that she did. She rocks. She rocks. She's so much fun. But she's all so like you can tell the the reason she didn't win is because she didn't get the jurors from the end. She wasn't like generous enough with them. She wasn't sure. willing to give up some of her stuff. I gotta yeah. say, I gotta say, I I can't stand that um, line of thinking because I wanted to ask you this too. So I read an interview, an exit interview with uh, Sarah Lucina, um, and she was saying how she really wasn't aware of the way she was coming off to the jury who were on edge um, until Natalie came back and said the perception was that Tony was running the game and that Sarah would really have to distinguish herself in order to have a chance. And then we had that moment where Sarah Lucina called out the gender bias in the show and it led to a larger discussion. I wanted to ask you, was that the perception on the edge of like, uh, were people sort of running the conversation? Like it, it kind of feels through the screen, like Boston Rob might've been very strong about the way he felt about things that the way they should go and et cetera. Like, was there a, was there a belief that like Tony was the strongest player and like eh, to anyone else? Or, like, what was that? No, I think what was happening was Sarah. Yes. Boston Rob is very opinionated and he's always going to tell you how he feels. So you just know that's coming. But when Sophie and Kim came back from the game, they were the ones who were saying like, Sarah, I think Sarah is like really putting it on. Like she says, Mm -hmm. she says all these things. She's trying to create a bond with us and she's using really deeply personal um, things to connect with us. And it feels icky. That's what they were saying about working with Sarah. So they came back and they were the ones who were saying it wasn't about Tony being the mastermind. It was more about Sarah kind of exploiting a more human connection that they felt was off limits. Mm-hmm, and that's it. why they didn't want to vote for Sarah. So they were the one. Who, I didn't meet Sarah in the game at all. I didn't feel any kind of way about Sarah. Sure. And you know right. how I would feel about girl power. Like if she showed up and was like, I am. I have been working with Tony this whole time. And now I'm going to blindside him and vote out Ben or whoever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or vote yeah. out Tony. Like why didn't she turn on Tony and vote him out? It's really she crazy. She could have won. Yeah. Sure, sure. And it's- people were just falling on their swords left and right at the end. Like, how do you guys feel about that? That was very strange for me. I mean, it was it was odd to watch people just kind of give up at the end. I was like, the Ben, ben, like, the ben thing was that a new You're one. here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this, I don't think this helped your narrative at all in the in the larger grand scheme of things. It's like 
I don't know. Did, didn't love that. Very quickly, I want to say that like you, it seemed like you had sort of, you were sort of the foreman for the jury in a moment where you were like talking to Tony and you were like, talk to us about how you blindsided all of us, but that none of us feel any sort of resentment or ill will towards you. Like that kind of, enc- like that was the moment where I, where I knew like, oh, I actually thought Natalie had a, had a shot at winning this, but it's probably gonna go to Tony because none of the jury members really feel that Tony was responsible for them being where they were. Does that make yeah, sense? That yeah. really is truly a testament to Tony's mastery in the game of Survivor because him being able to blindside and backstab and vote yeah. people out, these big ego people mm-hmm. like yeah. Jeremy, like he, Wendell, all these people and not have them feel like, I hate you. I'm going to destroy mm-hmm. you. And yeah, none yeah. of them were campaigning against Tony at all. Right. So it it's just, it was a testament. Like, wow, you've done something that I've never been able to pull off in this game. When yeah. I vote people off, they hate me. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the, that's the gender bias happening. Cause okay. I think it could be a little gender bias where it's like, Oh, I got got by a, like an alpha dude, but that's cool. Cause that's what they're supposed to do. But when a woman gets yeah. you, it's like, oh, I got played yeah. by a girl. For sure. This co- actually correlates to my I don't think so, honey. Oh. To be very honest, which we are going to take a very quick break and then come back and do that. Yes. Right after this. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas. And I'm Bowen Yang. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launch and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. And we are back even. And so now it is time for I Don't Think So, Honey. And it is truly the joy of my life that Parvati is going to be doing this with us. So for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time to Lost Coach, and thank you for that. I Don't Think So, Honey is a 60-second segment that we do here. We take something in the culture that's just grinding our gears that we don't love, and we take it down. And we say, I Don't Think So, Honey, that thing. And it's it, it leaves the culture in shame. Yes. Um, Matt, you have something? I do have something. Okay, I have so, something that is Survivor-related even. Okay, great. Um, this, so this is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Amber saying that everyone thinks Rob deserved his win. Uh, her win on All-Stars. Girl, you won that season. Because let me tell you what you actually did, and you need to give yourself credit for it, and you need to examine why you're not giving yourself credit for it. You had the biggest strategist in the game literally fall in love with you, and then not only protect himself, but went out of his way to protect you. And you had him, this guy who's supposed to be all about himself, all about the game, protecting you. That is a move. And at the end of the day, you did have a better gauge on that jury at the time, which was a time when people were taking things very personally. You were able to get to the end and win, rightfully so. 15 Because seconds. he did not manage the jury as well as you did. I believe that everyone who wins ultimately should win. And I don't think so, honey, you not giving yourself the credit. I have to say, while I was moved Five by the seconds. emotion in the moment, didn't love the messaging behind the moment. I don't think so, honey, that. And that's one minute. Wow. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, that moment kind of like, I was watching it and I was like, I should be like more moved by this, but I'm really just disappointed because I want to see her step into her power. She is a survivor winner. She won All-Stars down, hands down. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he, he won the season that he was supposed to win. He did not win All-Stars to me. He was playing a game that they nailed him for. Mm. Oh, she's just such mm -hmm. a selfless, loving woman. And she just yes. really, she plays that role of wife and mother so traditionally where she, her whole role is to, you know, extol her man's virtues and praise him and make yes. him feel good about himself. And she does a great job at that. But I think you're right with your I don't think so because she totally earned that She can't win. downplay the win, yeah. Yeah, then they got married on TV, the whole thing. The whole thing. And I mean, like, I just remember why I remember that was back in the day when I was still watching it season to season and thinking to myself, like, Amber is the clear winner because mm. she really like was party to every decision. So she was quote unquote in control of every decision. And people also forget on her season, there was a tribe shakeup that put her on the other tribe and sh it was, there was no one there for her and she still survived. So anyway, this is again, me being the <laughs> big fan. Get ready. The big He's fan. Going out to play I'm exposing myself. <laughs> exposed. Exposed. Um, but yes. Okay. So at this time, Yes. It's now going to be Bowen Yang's. I don't think so, honey. I had a non-survivor. I don't think so, honey. But I have a, I have a survivor uh, topic planned. What um, I actually want you to do, and this is what I always want you to do, is to yes. follow your heart. 
I want to follow him. And you're my best best friend in the world. My best friend in the world. You're you're my Amanda Kimmel because you look like Amanda. Because Amanda Kimmel is you. Amanda um, Kimmel is me in a wig is is unfortunately (laughs) the deal. Not even unfortunately. She's the most beautiful woman. Miss Montana. I see it. It's really you're yeah. so cute. It's the, I'm it's her the eyes. It's the eyes and the mouth. <laughs> Me and Bowen are Amanda and Parv. And at the end of the day, I think Bowen, you would do a better job in Final. No time way. No Get way. your coconut and fire already. challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing before Bowen goes is, can you describe like how long does tribal council take? Oh my, like at least a couple hours. Okay. So it's not this like brisk, like we have the five oh. questions that we ask and then go. No way. There's a lot wow. that gets left on the cutting room floor. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. My toenails fell off in the final tribal this time because it was raining the whole time. Uh, yeah, that looked so bad. Poor so Sophie, intense. what the hell? Sophie oh, was, Sophie was like sick and dying. Yeah, she was dying. That was really <laughs> awkward Poor for thing. her. Yule also, but you didn't hear about that. <gasps> Can we just say yeah. Yule is the hottest man alive? Like yes. that, he, and he's kept it uh-huh. together. And he doesn't age. I think it's probably he just kind of like roboted himself from Facebook yeah. and Google and stuff. Yeah. Good for him. Well done. Well he's done, he's you. I that's one of the great tragedies of Winners of War for me is Yule's elimination as well. Would have loved it to be Parvati and Yule at the end. Tbh <gasps> would have been huge. Anyway, um, anyway, so now well, at this time, what we're going to do is we're going to do Bo and Yang's. I don't think so, honey. Okay. And his time is going to start now. I don't think so, honey. The queen, Sandra Diaz Twine herself. How oh dare God. you pull up the flag the second you get to the edge of extinction. If your whole hangup is about everybody, the whole survivor community being like, she doesn't necessarily deserve her wins, blah, 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 blah. Then you have to make the case for yourself and for the community that you stick it out. Even if you don't earn a single fire token, at least you can say that you stayed for the entire run of the season. Okay, mm-hmm. instead you're traveling the world buying dolls. Seconds. Is that real? Is that, is that you, 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 you <laughs> no, mentioned that. I okay. Up. okay, Sandra, <laughs> we love you so much. You, you're, you're a true icon, but that really disappointed me. You robbed us, the viewership, of more Sandra Diaz twine television. And that's so all true. we want. It's, 15 it's, seconds. It's, it's one of the culminations of the whole series that you are there with Rob, with Parvati, with Amber, with Tyson, you have you you robbed us of quality television <laughs> and i love you forever but i will not forgive you for that transgression and that's wow. what's in it and i don't think so honey on sandra <laughs> diaz twine thief of our joy thief of our joy absolutely oh my gosh you guys can that's you give okay. some really sandra hardcore. insight what's what's your relationship with sandra sandra and i we don't really have a relationship <laughs> We just don't. That's great. She seems like she seems like a beautiful enigma. It. It's wonderful. Okay, we're we're, we're running. You know, along. Parv. I don't have much to say about Parv, but I could talk about Russell all the time. I hate him, and his wife hates him, and his kids hate him. And when he and he goes home, and he sits in his backyard, and all he does is vlog about Survivor. And I'm out here playing and continually winning. Queen, I'm stays sitting queen. on my damn couch recording cameos for the world and making people happy, bringing a smile to people's faces. What's Russell doing? Nothing. Russell can't even get on cameo. Girl, my cameos cost $300 each. Russell, he can't get no $15 cameo. (laughs) Parvati, I don't have much to say about her. We don't have much of a relationship, but I respect her. I respect her. She's not the queen. She's charging charging a pretty penny for her cameo, so I respect that. I respect her cameos. Guys, I'm like cameo mafia over here. You're so good at it. I'm up all my survivor people under my wing on cameo, and I'm like, get, come under mama's wing. I'm on cameo, and I keep trying to get Bowen to get on, but I Bowen would have They won't let me. What? NBC won't let NBC, me. NBC, SNL. So happy. 
I know. I would love to do it. It's Unfortunately, um, the national broadcasting company has uh, not allowed Bowen to get on Cameo. They're limiting oh, your ability to interact <laughs> with your fan base. Exactly. Well, they let them do this podcast and let us yeah. talk about any bullshit we want. So we should be thankful. Fine. We'll okay. All right. Um, we're, Parvati, thank you so much for doing this. Can you, would you do an I Don't Think So, Honey? Okay, guys. I was going to do an I Don't Think So, Honey, about um, moms like moms of twins on instagram okay okay do it do it do it do it do it it, it. okay because you guys did survivor things so i was like oh do i need to do a survivor no you you can do and the thing is like just like i said to bowen my sister i said follow your heart and i said the same thing to you same to you same to you (laughs) okay all right so So we're gonna set up the clock this is parvati shallows i don't think so honey her time starts now oh my gosh i'm so nervous (laughs) i don't think so honey i mean these moms on instagram the ones who have like newborn babies who have their hair done who have their makeup done who are like Uh, 10 pounds i'm like i don't think so honey you know (laughs) that you just got vomited on your baby just shit all over the wall and you're cleaning it up and you just moved to a different part of the house to take that video and you know, I don't think so, honey, because your husband or whoever your Instagram husband or wife yes. is that's recording that video for you, they are so upset. They are so pissed. They are so sleep deprived. They're like, I don't think so, honey. You don't even like, are you for real? That is not even true. You're just shoveling cinnamon toast crunch in your mouth on the daily. You're not cooking lasagna for your family right now. I don't think so, honey. What kind of cat? That's not a real 15 casserole. seconds. You bought that in the frozen food section and now you're pretending like you cooked that from scratch now you're showing us you're panning over the ingredients that you made you put this cash <gasps> five I don't seconds. think so honey you know that is bullshit and okay. that's one minute <laughs> Instagram moms found dead <laughs> lasagna from Gelman's found come dead come on stop making us look bad truly and that's really the poison of Instagram isn't it you just it's log on and everyone says this is the perfect me and you're like oh gosh and especially when you're like dealing with motherhood which is the I would imagine the hardest thing in the world oh my god so hard and like you just don't even know what the heck you're doing for the first like six months to probably 17 years <laughs> yeah. and you're just like oh well I guess this is fine because <laughs> it's like you're you I would imagine I would imagine it's like you're pregnant you give birth and then it's like this hum- little human is in front of you and it's like how do you hold it what do you do? They're How so do you wobbly. keep it living? Yeah. Wobbly. Yeah. Especially ones that have an adventurous spirit. Oh my God. My, you guys, I wish I could bring her into this audio podcast because she would just wreck, wreck shop. She would. Oh my destroy. God. I am interested to see like in 20, 22 years, your daughter become Parvati 2.0 on Survivor season Jeff's going to start doing four seasons a year. He's like, ah, quarantine. We'll just keep rolling them out. Survivor (laughs) Zoom Island. Survivor, (laughs) kids versus adults. Well, they did say 16-year-olds can apply now. I saw that. I was like, oh my goodness. Don't love. No? No, because I like a good reward challenge where they get like a little champagne, a little red Uh, wine, a little beer. I just want, I want my Survivor castings personally to be of age. Yeah, that gets pretty wild. Okay, so we just want to say that if you have a young one in your life and you're looking for something to, I don't know, have them read. The book is Own the Otter and you can get it on Articulation Books. And honestly, we just want to say thank you so much because like I said, like we got into this during quarantine and truly Survivor, it really was like a, like a totem for me. You know what an I mean? Anchor. It helped me, it helped me like get through the early days of it and like, it was really fun to root for you and you're just, you rock. Oh, you man. rock. You rock. I love you guys. Thank you. Truly, this has truly. been really fun. 
I'm so impressed with your survivor knowledge. It's really beyond. You know, and we know we know a few other things. Yeah, we do know. I, pr- know I promise it's not Mariah. just this. <laughs> you actually <laughs> entered the lamely, but um, you're a very special person who uses your powers for good, and we think that rocks. Oh, thanks. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, Parv. And here's actually the deal. Um, every episode of Las Cotrices ends with a song. Oh. Yang. I don't have one. And it's just, just like honey, honey when your love comes on me. And if you want to hear the rest of that, check out the album Butterfly by Mariah Carey. The <laughs> one and only. The, the one, one and only. only. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.